Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 2nd, 2020. And we are coming to you not live from Holy Family, Episco- <laughs> Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, Thank uh, you for not changing our denomination. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Holy Family uh, uh, Methodist Baptist uh, 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 Church of Latter-day Anything Saints. for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so we're... we're, we're into the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or as I've been kind of going through this, trying to find the fifth Epiphany. What's the fifth? Yeah, what's yeah. what's the new Epiphany this week? Well, it'll be this week. Um, and uh, but let's before we get into that because there's a fair amount of reading going on. Um, boy, if there was ever a week to uh, to do that uh, pre-pairing. Uh, for the uh, stump the priest section, yeah. uh, this week would have been the week to do it because I'm into the Z's and there's only like four. Oh, yeah, so I, this would have been a great one to cheat. <laughs> this would have been a great one to cheat on. Um, but I'm going to go with Zeon, and that's Zeon, not Zion. Right. Z E O N. And is not the distant nephew of Neon. For the sideways spelling of it. Or peon, or... Was it a high priest or something? It was not. Okay. Uh, I will give you a hint. It's a tradition, actually. Okay. (laughs) There are three guesses one can always give. Yes. It's a tradition. It's a figure from scripture. Mm -hmm. Or... It is a heresy. <laughs> so you have narrowed it down already. Yes, it is. Yes. And I give up. It's in the Eastern liturgical tradition. Uh-huh. Hot water is added to the chalice after the breaking of the bread to symbolize the descent of the spirit and the vibrant energy of faith. The practice is known as the zeon, which is a Greek term for the word boiling. Huh. I'd, I've not heard about that in uh, decades. Oh, you so you had heard about that before. Yeah, and you know, liturgical trivia class. <laughs> Which is the most fun class. Yeah, of... Actually it is. <laughs> and usually serves me well, not today. Hey, look, that, that it certainly happens. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting and uh, yeah, I wonder if any Episcopal churches Take that on. I've taken that on, but I'm I, not aware of it. I'm kind of curious as to how they came about with the term, because the Greek word for the word boiling, I don't know, is, a, is the best way to describe what it symbolizes. <laughs> oh, it's the, you know, the, the Holy Spirit. Descending. Well, hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flames, flames. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, 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 but. Why? Why? Because well, a, a chalice flambe would be tacky, <laughs> I suppose. But uh, but it, it's not. It's not so much like uh, the that. This isn't uh, where where in baptism the baptismal story talking about uh, John the Baptist talking about separating the wheat from the chaff and burning in the fire or anything like that didn't have to do with the whole. It wasn't re- a direct reference to the Holy Spirit coming down. And uh, basically anointing, uh, like landing on, on on Christ. It was, yeah. And I'm thinking of the Acts story of. Oh, Pentecost. you're thinking of Acts. Okay, yeah, okay. Where so the, the where Pentecostal, was, yeah, dancing flames over the heads of the apostles, okay. 
And so, you know, if water came out dancing in flames, you'd presume it'd be pretty hot. I suppose it would. Yeah. I suppose it would. So uh, just for, but, you know, the purposes of uh, exploring a new practice, let's and put in a, boiling water into the chalice next time. Watch it crack. <laughs> <laughs> and another dimension of it that I have no idea if this is true or not is it would have been a way of making the water sanitary for consumption. Oh, that's a good so point. So it may have been one of those things that at one point was practical and then took on a spiritual significance, as so many other liturgical practices practices are, like, that, al- like altar rates. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, no, I hadn't yeah. even thought of that. Yeah. So, And I have no idea if that's true or not. Just Nope. Thank nope. You. It's any- oh, here it is. No, I'm just oh. <laughs> No, the, the, the Episcopal Church uh, Dictionary website uh, is not like Wikipedia, where I can just make an entry and be like, mm, Father Bruce of Fishers, Indiana says um, says this. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But uh, but yeah, so Zeon. So Zeon. we all learnt something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now we can go back to the readings, the the, the, the fairly lengthy readings. Now today. we're done learning stuff. So let's... And now that we're done learning stuff, let's get on to the dry material. Mm. So no, we're gonna go. We're gonna start in Isaiah mm-hmm. chapter fifty-eight, verse one through. Uh, I'll, so certain um, uh, churches will do one through nine a, uh, and nine b through twelve is optional. We have mm-hmm. a couple of optional additions to end, end this week. Um, we're gonna go through the whole thing. So it's right. a one through twelve. Shout out! Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They draw to, they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast? a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly, Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise, uh, raise up the foundations of many generations. 
He shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. So here, um, is Isaiah just taking uh, time out of the writing here to um, chastise what fasting has become? Or is this based on some sort of specific occurrence within the nation or like some oh, sort of okay. specific uh, uh, chastisement of, an, of a king or something? Um, as far as I know, we don't have a, a, a specific instance or condition that's being addressed with more generic. Uh, but certainly we can expect that people were backsliding. Okay. And we're going through the motions of proper worship without it ever affecting their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. And that upsets God because it makes us all hypocrites. Right. Yeah, it, it, it kind of uh, reminds me of uh, the one of the gospel readings mm -hmm. uh, where, where Christ is talking about uh, chastising people for fasting for attention's sake. Right. And drawing and, and, and making it a, a self-centered uh, um, practice rather right. than um, uh, doing it for, you know, your relationship with, uh, with yeah. God. Yeah. Um, anything, anything background on that? Because I'm trying to, I, I don't really see, um, announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins. Um, uh, so this is, yeah, it's just kind of a, a, a chastisement and, a, and, a, a call to, to turn, turn back and, and kind of do it yeah. right or anything, anything else? Well, or? the big thing is that it's, it's an eternal call mm -hmm. in that, you know, from the time that Jesus walked the earth, people who were following Jesus fell into the same kind of hypocritical behavior. So I'm comfortable saying throughout the history of Christianity, we have needed this um, quality control check. Mm -hmm. of Are we just going through the motions? Are we just mouthing the words? Or is it really affecting how we live our lives, our ethics, our day-to-day -day behavior? Since so many people um, divorce the spiritual from what I've heard called the practical. Mm -hmm. And you know, we'll say, oh, you know, that church stuff is for Sunday. I need to make a living Monday through Friday or even Monday through Sunday, unfortunately. So at times I am going to have to cheat. And at times I am going to have to step over the poor. And at times I am going to have to be unethical in order to make money. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I like the, I like the uh, the imagery of the quality control check. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, this fast has been inspected by number thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> inspected and, and found approved. Insufficient. <laughs> <laughs> well, one would assume that you wouldn't get that fast. Then you wouldn't get a chance to see that fast. That's true. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, uh, um, so and it's contra and it's a po beautifully poetic and this is a poem. Mm -hmm. uh, con contrast starting with verse six of. Um, this is the fast I choose. Loose the bonds of injustice. Um, let the oppressed go free. Share your bread with the hungry. Bring uh, the homeless poor into your house. It, it's saying fasting from food, from drink, is meaningless <clears throat> compared to helping the people around you. Right. And all too often, Christians have let themselves off the hook about the second um, dynamic by saying, oh, you know, I go to church every Sunday and 
say my right. prayers faithfully and do this, that, and the other thing. Right. I do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, taking care of the poor is someone else's problem. Yeah. And this is very explicit. Nope. If you're a faithful right. follower of God, taking the poor, taking care of the poor is your problem. Why, why do you think, um, and this is, I'm sure is uh, far more speculation than anything else. Why do you think um, the, that this writer for Isaiah uh, uses the imagery of bondage and uh, a, a yoke, which is like that steering tool for oxen uh, to, to help mm -hmm. plow fields? Like why, why, because at first blush, I don't know as if anyone would think of fasting as like, something that you're entrapped by or, or, or burdened by. Um, why do you think they use that kind of a... Well, I think part of it is um, the history of Israel being people who were oppressed by slavery in Egypt. Okay. Who are under a yoke is often the imagery um, through the Hebrew scriptures of that time of slavery is that they were under a yoke and they had no control over their daily lives of how they lived. And so that's one of the ways the prophets often chastise the people is you're not, you're not all grateful for being freed from Egypt. Admittedly by this point, it was hundreds of years before, but there's um, a short memory here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. again, Christians are under the, the same accusation because Israel's story is our story. And so we, too, we forget our history as being enslaved in Egypt so much, we've been willing to enslave other people. Right. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So, yeah, it's that, um, and again, Jesus is very explicit about this in some of his parables and other teachings of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and um, the parable of the... Um, prisoner who is forgiven the debt and then goes and yells at someone else and refuses to forgive their debt. Right. right. And again, hypocrisy, ungratefulness, all sorts of nastiness. Yeah. Uh, nastiness, which we are not fully free from. Right. We still uh, have to guard against. Yeah. Um, and one of the things to keep in mind also is that all this was very, the, the bad stuff that we have in this passage was very accepted. You know, it's none of, none of it has the punchline of, and this way the world will respect you more mm. <laughs> and your neighbors will think more highly of you. Right. Everyone understood forgetting about the poor and the homeless and all that, that, but God calls us to a higher standard. Yeah. Again, very much like today. Very much. Uh, I do. I do like uh, tacking on the optional ending. Uh, mm -hmm. That kind of helps bring it full circle and it really drives it home. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I don't see anything that I have a question on. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> and then move on. We shall. Yeah, I could go on and on, but I respect it. <laughs> I respect the process. <laughs> So uh, the New Testament reading here is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And again, um, uh, 13 through 16 is optional. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will, again, go all the way through 16. And that reads, uh, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, 
I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolish to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So this is a, this is a, a passage where Paul is talking about um, kind of a, another one of those rising above the traditional concept of a subject and kind of taking it and taking it to a, a, as he says, 400 times spiritual place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and creating a new understanding of what uh, godly wisdom is as opposed to earthly wisdom mm -hmm. and uh, kind of driving that home. Um, um, and it, it does, in, 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 I guess, in a way, uh, it reminds me of what you had just recently said about it in Isaiah, uh, talking about how uh, some of these concepts would have, uh, you know, not been, you know, ignoring the poor would have not been foreign to any yeah. nation. It was, would have been, you know, kind of widely Everyday understood. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, and, and I would assume, likewise, a sense of fasting was probably also not uncommon right. in other nations. It would have been... Uh, it was a fairly common religious practice across <clears throat> different um, different faiths, different faiths, different, different constructs of how the universe right. worked, etc. So this is this is kind of more instructive of okay, this is what our our wisdom, this is what our fasting uh, should look should look and feel like, and, mm -hmm. and begin to separate it from the the uh, concepts uh, maybe widely held uh, in, in in the region or widely right. held in the world. Um, and, um, I do find it interesting where, where are these quotes coming from, uh, that, that he's using? Uh, do we know, I mean, he's got quotes there in nine mm -hmm. as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who loved him. Isn't uh, that beautiful? It is beautiful. But we have no idea where it's from. Okay. <laughs> for as it is written in this part that I just made up, um, <laughs> and, the, the, and this is. 
both very much of Paul, but also of other writers of that era. They, no one expected them to have the Encyclopedia Britannica right. in front they of them. They didn't go to college. They Let didn't have that Google. English class. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, they didn't have a library to look these things up. Um, so it, it was very much a oral, memorized academic tradition. Gotcha. And so it may be that he's not remembering it quite right, and so we can't mm -hmm. find it somewhere else, or it's just from a, a book that or a scroll that we haven't encountered yet. For as I believe I heard once at one point in time, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, whereas 16, we do know, is a quote from Isaiah. Okay, that's the for who has known the mind of the Lord as so as to instruct him. Yeah. Okay. That's from Isaiah 40. Okay. Okay. Um, I do also find it interesting that uh, uh, he even takes time to point out, look, if, if someone is, is unspiritual, then all of this is not, you know, this kind of thing doesn't, isn't going to make sense to them. Right. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if that, if like, then the intention is like, so stop trying or, <laughs> <laughs> well, or, or, uh, or if this makes sense to you, then perhaps you're more spiritual than you thought. Uh, maybe, maybe you, yeah, maybe that's you true. I considered mean, yourself more in a camp that, that was like, oh, I don't quite fully understand this Jesus Christ thing that's going on. I'm more a, a Gentile in the Gentile camp. But what you're saying makes some sense to me. And maybe this is Paul's so he, way of saying, hey, if it makes sense to you. Yeah, the spirit's working. The spirit, you. you've got you. You're a part of this, and yeah. and maybe you didn't think you were. And he, he's very much um, writing about his message being extremely different from the Greek or Roman philosophical slash religious messages, mm -hmm. which do work on a um, very rational, argumentative type of structure right and with the belief that they are accessible and fully understandable by the human mind and paul's talking about now this is a lot more mystical mm. than a greek or roman normally would be comfortable with so you're gonna have to let go of those preconceptions about how true knowledge is experienced okay um, I also see that uh, verse 15 is potentially problematic only in that, uh, more in that, uh, uh, boy, those are words that could really be misinterpreted. Yeah, <laughs> and sure, right? sure have been. Yeah, uh, Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. Yikes! Oh. <laughs> hey, Paul, can we talk? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and again, it's one of those reminders that Paul's not the gospel. Right. And he sometimes says things that, at least in this day and age, don't work. Right. Um, on the other hand, you know, the, the one thing I can say to save this is it's, again, trying to say, um, just because you can out-argue me using Greek philosophy doesn't mean I'm wrong. Okay. But in terms of how it can be abused, of I get to do mm -hmm. whatever I want because God's telling me to, or even worse, you have to do whatever I tell you to because God's telling me to tell you to do this. That's bad theology. See, I was going to go a different way. Oh, I was, I was okay. going, um, um, so uh, if you are spiritual, don't think that you're then put into this box. 
your job is to discern all things. You you are to worry about not just this spiritual back and forth with God, but again, kind of going back to Isaiah, you need to worry about the poor, and you need to you need to think That's outside of yourself. True. Yeah, uh, and that uh, you are. I, I would I would hope at least that the the concept behind your subject to no one else's scrutiny is a comment of and don't worry about what other people think. Yeah, that's that, really none of their business. I this like is, that. Yeah, this is you yourself and your relationship with Christ and God. Yeah, this is and and so put all that pull all that outside noise aside, mm-hmm. but also don't think that this is small and regionalized and that you only have to really worry about right that you only have to really worry about your own spiritual Mm -hmm. journey and then that's the only real point you still have this bigger picture and you still live in this world and you can't you can't uh, sequester yourself to just just discern one or two things i like that a lot because one of the things christianity has made the huge mistake about over and over is a, a group of christians forming a church um, in whatever process their particular spiritual um, background has, and then turning completely inward and thinking, okay, if as long as we're taking care of the poor among our church membership, mm-hmm. as long as we're taking care of the homeless among our church membership, right. we are fulfilling all, all scripture. And, you know, it's no, the whole world right. is our garden, and we have to be good sewers of the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so uh, be 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 leery though of how some of these words. Uh, I know I know a lot of us Christians like to utilize uh, uh, text from the Bible to justify anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, be careful though. Uh, <laughs> well, and the big thing is you can't just take one verse. Oh yeah. You really have to take the entire letter of Corinthians, and then that puts the the proper context around this. Right. Almost um, weaponized verse. Yeah. And, and also, um, you know, as, as we endeavor to do on this podcast, and, and, and you, I, I know, endeavor to do in, in other uh, settings and formats, uh, to also take into consideration who the person is that's writing it. Yeah. And what their point of view is or what the point is that they're trying to get across. Because mm-hmm. maybe you might not even agree with that. Right. Right. <laughs> and this isn't. Uh, especially ch- uh, uh, books like this, uh, it, it's oh, it's definitely okay to question it because these aren't quotes from Christ Himself. Right. Right. <laughs> these are the, these are a lot a lot easier to to quibble over uh, 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 because this, this is Paul. Well, yeah. You know, and, and frankly, I bet Paul would enjoy the argument. I bet I bet Paul would. That yeah. would be super fascinating if we could ever Bill and Ted this thing. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Go back and be like, no, 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 Paul, I don't agree with you. <laughs> well, press, that's not what I meant. <laughs> rub two hands together yeah. and like, ooh, good. All right, let's get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Pour the tea and let's get started. That's right. Have so, some pita bread. Uh, but yeah, I th- I, that that and that's the whole chapter two. That's, yeah, that's the Got whole to do chapter, all two, chapter two. I don't think I have any other questions myself so if you have no objection i will move on to matthew 5 yeah verse 13 through 20 some of this will sound familiar to folks yes you are the salt of the earth but if the salt has lost its taste how can its saltiness be restored 
It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the, your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, who is talking here? Let's let's establish oh, that Christ. It's, yeah, it's it's the good. It, it's yeah. the uh, it's the answer that answers about eighty percent of questions in in, yeah. in the church. Um, <clears throat> Christ. Um, but uh, and and some of this imagery is 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 very uh, remnant of these the, the other two readings. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, not yeah. to be hid, not to be sequestered away, but to be a part of the world and of the mm -hmm. world and 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 shine throughout. Um, and and not the Paul, but the Isaiah. It's almost, it's intentional on Matthew's part. Okay. Once again, he's referring back. To once again to the book of Isaiah, he loves Isaiah. It pops up a lot. He, mm -hmm. it, maybe not a, um, word for word, but in spirit and images, um, in partial sentences. Gotcha. Phrases. That's the word phrases. Yeah, phrases. There you go. Um, so uh, do not think that I have come to uh, abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill uh, that language. Reminds me of John three six uh, what three seventeen I should say, uh, for for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through mm -hmm. Him. So this is the same kind of thinking of like I didn't come to take over and replace. Right. I've come to to uh, fulfill that that which was written. The continuity. Mm -hmm. Um. Not so. So when. What is he talking about, though, when he refers to the law? What is the translation here? Because uh, 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 come to abolish the law of the prophets, but to to, uh, to fulfill them, and that not one stroke of one letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. That doesn't really make 100% sense in our, to our modern brains, because we think of the law as, oh, you know, yeah. the, the societal contract yeah. that we have here. and. And it it has a different meaning, I think. Right. Yeah. It the law and the prophets are two of the three sections of the Hebrew Bible, mm -hmm. with the third section being the writings. Okay. Uh, and so what are what's the law? What are what, so that's the the first five books, Genesis, okay. etc. Uh, Pentateuch. Hmm? The Pentateuch. The Pentateuch. That's right. Okay. Um. And so yeah, this is the you're not off the hook. Of mm -hmm. ethical living, mm -hmm. um, this isn't now a, a, a free for all of human behavior, but instead you're going to have to continue to deal with these questions, with these um, descriptions of how people are called to live. Particularly as we continue to hear through the Gospels, 
the ones such as from Isaiah about taking care of the poor, the homeless, the um, forgotten in society. That's what Jesus emphasized over and over in terms of what's the most important part of the law hmm. and prophets. So this almost uh, seems like a precursor to the issue that they're going to ha- that people at this time are going to have later, which is. Um, thinking that the world is going to end. These yeah. are these are kind of hints towards like this isn't really changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'm not here to uh, like uh, the common uh, misconception of the time during the time of Christ is that he's coming to establish a physical kingdom and is going to physical physically rule and you know throw off the burden of the Romans and establish a new nation and like all these or was going to end the world or was going to end the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and especially these concepts that we have later on uh, after uh, he, he dies, is risen, and 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 uh, um, walks among us, this this concept of a second coming, ending the world, then kind of pushes, okay, it wasn't, the, you know, the world wasn't going to end here. Now it's going right. to, when he returns, this is a, you know, he's coming back. He's yeah. gonna, and then the world, then yeah. the world. I got it now. I got it. Yeah. Uh, but, um, uh this is really him. It, it almost sounds like, in my mind, a kind of a precursor to those arguments. I know where you're thinking. I know where you're going to go with this, and you're wrong. Right? <laughs> yeah. You got to keep it going on. This was big. This was dramatic. The resurrection mm-hmm. was literally life changing. What is the meaning of life? But right, you still have to live ethically. Right. And to use words, and I know it's translation, but to use words like fulfill. Uh, also does not should not give you the 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 concept of like and therefore you don't have to do it anymore right it's like we we're gonna now we accomplish this goal we we actually achieve it Mm -hmm. and continue that doesn't mean like okay check done off the list right um well and there's and i think one of the reasons this is important to think about is that over and over through christianity including today there are people that say well since Jesus came and took away death and I'm a follower, then I get to do whatever I want mm-hmm. and then I get to go to heaven. And so right now I have every right to grab every piece of gold I can and live right. for the glory of God. Yeah. Sure. Live extravagantly. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole very active branch of Christianity in the world that's been going on for over a hundred years now called the prosperity gospel. You're right. Which, you know, basically says, yeah, if if you're a Christian, you should be rich. And God wants you to be rich. Right. And this is part That's how of, God shows you that he loves you. Yeah. And that you're doing a good job. And how you can convince the world that God's blessing you. And so this is part of Jesus saying, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. And again, we have to remember that Jesus' primary, particularly in Matthew, primary book of the old, what we call the Old Testament, he, for them, it just would have been the Bible, is Isaiah. Right. Which again and again emphasizes care of the poor and disadvantaged. Um, uh, we do see there on verse 20, um, uh, Matthew's feelings towards the, Pharise- the Pharisees. Uh, not subtle at all. Right. Uh, uh, kind of makes you wonder, was this really said? Well, <laughs> did, did Christ really say? <laughs> well, by the way, you also have to be more righteous than those, <laughs> but <laughs> those guys. Matthew wasn't saying... This was still setting a high standard. So mm-hmm. in that way, Matthew's not completely dissing them. Oh, okay. Because if it, if Matthew didn't see that they had a high degree of righteousness, 
this wouldn't be this would be no big deal to do. Okay, but it certainly implies that Matthew believes the scribes and Pharisees do have a certain amount of righteousness, and yet followers of Christ have to have even more. Okay, so it's more of a it, it, so it, rather than uh, dissing them, it, this is more setting a high. You know, I'm calling you to a much higher standard. Yeah. You thought those guys even had even a high higher standard? than you thought that I was going to call you to. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You thought I was going to release you from. What the Pharisees and the scribes said, no, you're going to have to do even better. Yeah. Okay. That's that's an interesting uh, that that's an interesting point because yeah, I was sitting there thinking, but but I, I guess you're right. If 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 Christ is is telling them like, look, you get, let me back up. My mind's sure. going a million miles. Yeah. An hour. Uh, um, if if the people are sitting there waiting for a savior, waiting for a Messiah. Believing that someone is going to come and do all this for them, mm-hmm. there's a lot to undo. And right. as far as like, no, 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 this isn't about what I'm going to do for you. This is about what you're going to do for God, right? And the world, and the world. And you thought that this would happen for you. Mm-hmm. That's not how these things work. You, this is where you do stuff for others. Yeah, and that's the real point. Is is it, this isn't this isn't a prophecy being fulfilled that is being fulfilled for you. This is a prophecy that we are fulfilling together for others. Yeah, and the rest of chapter five gets into specifics of yeah, and so we know this isn't just this isn't a don't eat shellfish direction. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's instead getting to the kind of stuff Isaiah talked about. Right, the things that that really matter. Yeah. So, so, so then I guess that begs that does beg the question: What is this week's revelation? Uh, is is the revelation that, um, um, like I said, that 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 this is this is the call to action that you yourself have has to mm-hmm. has to uh, uh, accomplish, and that it's not going to or be done try. for you. Uh, is it the is it a revelation that? Um, uh, the the true calling is to you know to to think outside of yourself and and do for others. Well, like what what would what would you say, oh le- oh leader of this parish? Uh, <laughs> what, what, what how do you how do you interpret these and what what uh, revelation do you see in this week? Well, I think the key is um, chapter. I'm sorry, verses thirteen and fourteen of you are the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. you are the light of the world, mm-hmm. and the that imagery is we are now the epiphany mm-hmm. we as the followers of christ are the ones that have to reveal to the world the love of god for all mm-hmm. and if then those verses go on to say if we stop doing that then we lose our worth we lose right. our purpose our meaning um, and life will become very shallow and yeah. so then it'll be very easy to become like the folks in today's Isaiah passage who just live for themselves and think that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, and I, I, as you say that, I'm struck then by the imagery that is used here because one of the potential traps or entrapments uh, from you know centuries of of religious writing about yourself essentially is what you know as 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 the as the uh, uh, as the Jewish people would have you know. Lots of writing about how important they are and how, mm-hmm. and, and and 
So there's a there's a trap there to make it about yourself. And to some degree it is true, as they were pointing out here in Matthew, it is about you. But the imagery shows that it's about you because you have a purpose and yeah. a use. You are a tool. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, I mean, yeah. You're, being salt of the earth is, you know, does not put you on a pedestal. Right. Nor does being, yeah, even though literally a light being on a lampstand that does, you know, you are raised up. But, but only you are to serve a purpose. Only to serve a purpose. It's yeah. not about worshiping and, the light or worshiping the salt. And the light itself does not enjoy the light. Yeah. It's... For the others, that it's for the benefit, benefit of from it. everything but the light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, um, so I, I find that interesting that that's that th those are the words that are used. It's like, look, we've been telling you you're special for centuries, and it's true, but for a purpose, and well, not and by the time Jesus has come along, the Jewish people have had it literally beaten out of them that they're special. <laughs> I mean, by that, I know it says that, but nobody <laughs> believes that anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's so an many, interesting point yeah, too. That by, that by this point, it might have, have to have had to have been a reminder. Like, no, 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 you really are special. Yeah, I'm not exactly. Lying. Yeah, <laughs> even though the Romans are crucifying you as left and right, and the religious Jewish places are being filled with false idols by the Romans, mm -hmm. you are still special. You mm. still are the light of the world. You still are the salt of the earth. Mm. Uh, yeah, so at, at this point, um, the Jewish people needed to be encouraged and reminded of their purpose um, and didn't need a whole lot of humble humility. Got the, it. The, they had humility coming out in baskets <laughs> over and over, uh, but they would have rather have not experienced. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I'm sure. And there's a certain argument within Christianity today that... One of the problems we have as a spiritual tradition is that we have not been Christians have not been disadvantaged enough in the last fifteen hundred years, hmm. and that's why it's so easy for us to forget the poor, forget the downtrodden, forget the hungry, because we have spent so little time in those conditions ourselves. Certainly, in living memory and in even long term memory, hmm. um, we barely have a tradition of talking about the early persecutions. And when we do, it's usually like a, <laughs> we triumphed over that. Right. Um, whereas within Jewish traditions, over and over, there's a living memory of the world turning on them mm -hmm. and literally destroying them at times. And yet they still are faithful to God. Hmm. And that's something that Christians could learn so much from. Yeah. And often fail to. Hmm. That's a, that's that that is also a, a very good point for our for our modern ears. Yeah. Is that you know, are, are do do Christians still uh, experience you know suffering and persecution in sure. the United States? Sure. Well, even, yeah, even, worldwide, yes. Worldwide, yes. But in the United States, even in the United States, you could find some examples. Sure. Have we experienced it to the point? Of our ancestors, you know, our Jewish yeah. ancestors. No. no, not even. <laughs> There's not been a, a worldwide Christian genocide, right? Which has happened over and over to the Jewish people. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You think you've got it bad? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it, and that's and that's a good reminder. Yeah. Um, um, 
not that the not that we should need that in order to find our true calling either. Mm-hmm. But so. yeah, it's almost frightening that we lose our humility because that often is just before a downfall. Hmm. That you know we forget to to follow God. We follow our selfish desires, and that won't work for long. Yeah, yeah, it's got a got a timetable on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. On that happy note. On that happy note, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's see if uh, Father Bruce can make this a little bit more uh, uh, less less a uh, dour right. uh, of a sermon here on uh, and on Sunday. Um, yeah. Yeah. We hope that you join us. Uh, between... I'm picturing people walking right past the donuts. <laughs> right. Oh, I shouldn't have one. <laughs> uh, we encourage you to join us uh, at eight and ten. We've got nine o'clock. Uh, uh, adult forum and, mm-hmm. and Sunday school in between. Uh, we encourage you to come for that. If you're not able to, uh, the the uh, sermon at least will be uh, here on this podcast, but also on HFEC videos. Uh, uh, and uh, in fact, if you missed this last Sunday, it's up there now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, uh, you are able to experience What's that so one way or another. about peace, love, and understanding? That's right. What's up to the sermon? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It is. Uh, but yeah, uh, and and uh, but hopefully we'll get a chance to see you. And, yeah, and, uh, that'd be great. And, uh, and until then, this has been your podcast for February February ninth. Goodness, my goodness, twenty uh, twenty. Uh, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Bye.